This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. 162 regular season games, six months of travel, flights, hotels, and baseball. Join us now for a behind-the-scenes look at a season on the road with the Oakland A's. Vince Catronio takes us on a journey around Major League Baseball. Starting now. Welcome back to another episode of A Season on the Road. We're in Detroit. The A's playing the Tigers this weekend. It is a busy time in the A's organization. A lot of the scouts are out there checking talent as the ace picked 29th in the first round this year and scouting is is a job that man you got to love the game and we're going to visit with a michigander rich sparks has been in the a's organization for decades and we'll get to a lot of those things first but give the the listeners an example today it's a friday and the a's are getting ready to play the tigers what is your schedule like this weekend as you try to find some more talent well today i was lucky enough to come over here and have lunch with you or breakfast with you um I'm going to leave here and drive probably three hours up to uh, a college game. Starts at 3 o'clock. I need to see a pitcher there. Um, and then after that game, I'll drive another two hours down to see another pitcher starting at 6.30 p.m. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, that's a day in the life of, of me for today. Um, you know, it's up in the air as far as tomorrow is concerned. Um, but I'll wait until after this game to uh, figure out where I'm going to do tomorrow. During this season of looking for talent, how many miles do you put on the car? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I just bought uh, a new car, and it's got like, I don't know, 49,000 on it right now, and it's 2018. So usually in the scouting season, it's about anywhere between 40 and 50,000. You have a love for the game, certainly, to be able to do this and be out there. We're thankful that you have XM in the car, so you can listen to some of the games on the radio. But... For the fans that are listening, as we visit with Rich Sparks, you signed Mark Mulder, you signed Joe Blant, you signed Nick Swisher. Those are big names, and I know there are many others that were on your watch, most recently Sean Murphy, the A's talented catcher in the minor league system. I want to go back to Mark Mulder because he was a, you know, a top, top pick, almost 1-1. And what was it like watching that talent? I guess, you know, when you're picking somebody that high, you know he's special. But just what was it like to watch him, learn about him, him learn about the A's, you learning about the family, all those things that came together as the A's made that selection. Well, that, that work actually started the year before in the Cape. Um, Mark was out there pitching for Bourne, and uh, he really made a name for himself there for sure. Uh, and then that uh, translated into the fall of the previous year, 1997. Um, Grady Fuson told me, he said, you need to get in Mark Mulder's back pocket because he may be our pick at number two. So I did that. I got to know Mark really well, and uh, you know he's he's a Chicago kid, so I really didn't meet his family until after we signed him. But uh, just going to watch him pitch, it was it, he was on a different level than anyone I had ever seen. Um, you know, aside from the stuff, the 
you know, the fastball and the changeup and all these pitches and everything. He was just a competitor, and, you know, he was fun to watch. I probably saw Mark four times, maybe five times that spring before we took him, and uh, it was a really exciting year. Rich, it's, it's not fair to say that you are a, quote, area scout because that area could be, you know, hundreds, even thousands of miles. But what are the, the territories that at least initially that, that you look at as you begin the process and you're in and you're out? Well, I, I, I live in Michigan, so I cover Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't go anywhere else. I mean, I'll, I'll see games in Florida and Texas, and I'll see games in – uh, you know, all over the place, Atlanta. Um, so wherever our guys, I'm responsible for this area. So wherever those guys play, I go too. So um, I try to design a schedule to where it uh, is conducive for me to see, you know, a, a game every single day um, with off days built in from time to time. But um, yeah, we're responsible for a specific area. And if they tell us to go somewhere else to see another player, we do that as well. How did your love of the game of baseball start growing up here in Michigan? Uh, probably my dad, you know, uh, you know, he played a little bit in high school and college. And then uh, he was, uh, he just introduced me to the game when I was a young kid and just took off from there. We didn't have, you know, we played all three sports when we were kids, you know, football, baseball, and basketball. And, you know, it went from season to season. So um, baseball was the game that I loved the most and just took it from there. How far did baseball take you on the field? For me, I, I ended as a 17-year-old. I knew I wasn't going to be Thurman Munson. I knew that mm -hmm. at a very early age. And when Tim Raines was playing an American Legion game against me and he was kind enough to, to slide on a stolen base when he <laughs> didn't have to when I was a catcher, I certainly knew that there was a, a much higher level of athletes that I was never going to be a part of. How far did it take you on the field? Well, it took me, you know, high school and college. And, and after my – Last year of college, I didn't get selected in the draft. Um, I was devastated. I got out of the, I got out of the game, and I said, I, "This isn't for me," and I got to do something else. So, I actually, in a roundabout way, I went from playing in college to being in the golf business to back to being in the game again, which uh, I made the right choice. That's a great story. We were visiting about that over breakfast today. How this did come full circle for you? I, I'd like you to ex explain how. How uh, Rich Sparks, the golf pro, became Rich Sparks, an A scout for decades. Well, um, I was living in Florida and uh, worked for Marriott Golf, and they took over a management contract at uh, Blackhawk Country Club in Northern California. Um, I was sent out there to help run the club out there, and uh, Rick Honeycutt uh, introduced me to Billy Bean. And Billy and I hit it off pretty well, and then uh, – he was looking for a roommate because he was the assistant GM at the time, or he just got the job as the assistant GM. And uh, he said, you know, it's funny, I'm looking for a roommate too. So, you know, fast forward a couple months, we became roommates, and I was still in the golf business, and then uh, getting ready to move to Palm Springs, and he said, I'd hate to lose you as a roommate. You want to get in the game? I said, sure, I would consider that. And he said, give me a few days, and he gave me a few days, and I came, or he came home and said, got you a job I said oh yeah what am I doing I don't know yet but uh, you're gonna be on the payroll soon so my first job with the Oakland A's was actually the video coordinator for the big league club which I did and I loved and that's where I got to know a lot of the coaches and players and you know Tony La Russa and all those guys and uh, um, that was the first year and then the next year uh, Will Schock who was the area scout in Northern California basically trained me to be a scout and 
I owe a lot to him because he taught me how to get, have good work ethic, um, do what I need to do, keep your mouth shut, watch games, do what needs to be done. And uh, he was my mentor as far as scouting was concerned when I first started. It's amazing when you listen to different stories around this great game of baseball that the common denominator is, is relationships and long-term friendships. And you, know, you mentioned 1993 is when you start. Billy's still in the organization. You're still in the organization. How special is that, that 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 was the genesis and it continues to this day? Well, like you said, relationships you build in this game, you know, we, we all know hundreds and hundreds of people in this game. Uh, but to say that I've been bleeding green and gold for all these years, it's just amazing to me. Uh, I've never considered leaving. I've never uh, wanted to. And Billy and I have been friends for a long time, along with, you know, and Grady Fuson, and Eric Kubota. These guys have been with the organization even longer than I have. And just the relationship that we developed uh, with the city of Oakland, um, things like that, it's just been tremendous. Longtime scout for the Athletics, Rich Sparks, joining us on a season on the road. You touched on the, the foundation of learning how to scout. And I think of all the people that are in the game, men like you, men and women like you, that are sitting there driving hundreds of miles and sitting behind chain link fences and trying to watch teenagers and even college players <coughs> and trying to project what you're seeing on the field that is something you believe can be special and reach, you know, the pinnacle reaching Major League Baseball is incredibly difficult. What are, you know, just in general, without revealing, you know, the secret sauce, what, when you're sitting there and maybe seeing a player for the first time that you may or may not have heard some things about, how does that process begin on the checklist that you put together on, this is somebody I like and maybe I want to see again? Well, I mean, if for guys that we've never seen before, you, you, you obviously go in with an open mind. Um, you know, if you're going to see a pitcher, you want to see what kind of stuff he has, you know. Uh, does he check the boxes in the fastball category, the changeup, things like that. Does he have the pitch to have guys swing and miss at? Those are big things for us with pitching. Um, you know, eye test as far as pitchers are concerned. You know, is he 6'3", 190? Is he 5'8", 140? You know, so things like that. Um, hitters, you, you know, I love to watch hitters. I love to see how hitters react um, when they go for four, you know, that's, uh, you know, how they handle failures is a big key in our, in our deal here too. So it's, uh, I like to see guys strength. I like to see hand movement. I like to, you know, see if they've got loft to their swing. Um, those are things that we like to see going in blind. I mean, as far as guys that we've seen and we have history on, you know, we're double checking boxes, you know, is he doing this like he did last year? Is he better than this than he was last year? Um, is he worse than he was last year? Things like that are to be considered as well. You did some coaching for the A's in the system as well. And you know, here's Matt Chapman, who's the platinum and gold glove defender at third base. He's the best in the business at that position. And you saw him you know, back in the low minors. What was it like watching that athlete perform and seeing where he is today? Oh, man. When, well, going back to when he was in college, we had, guy, we had reports on him that he was going to be a gold glover. No question. When I was with him in Beloit, uh, you, you just stay away from that guy. That guy has just uh, evolved in such a great player. And you could see that coming. I mean, the arm is the best I've ever seen. Um, and the hands and the glove and the range, all the things, you know, he has gotten better. But, I mean, he was pretty darn good 
even then in college and coming up in the minors. And he was part of a group. You know, Ryan Healy was part of that group. Chad mm-hmm. Pinder, part of that group. They've all reached the big leagues. And what's it like watching a, a collection, like a mini core of players, have success that they've translated to the highest level? That was fun. That is actually fun to watch. I mean, these guys can be the cornerstone of our organization in two or three years, we all thought. You know, Pinder and, I mean, Chad was – as good as he was in the minor leagues, he's a great player in the major leagues. And, and Chap, Chappie, he's he's just evolved into, you know, what's going to be probably a multiple all-star, only the same way. I mean, that was, you know, it's like watching kids, watching your kids grow up, and then all of a sudden they eclipse to the highest level. It's it's pretty special. You talked about the boxes that you have to check, and then what's it like watching somebody that, that doesn't necessarily fit that mold, and yet he is so special. I think about, like, Sonny Gray, who's not mm-hmm. the tallest of pitchers, a right-hander who's the ace first-rounder. And I look at, the, like, Dustin Pedroia at Arizona State. He's five foot yeah. nothing, And, you know, Alex Bregman, who's not that big of a player either with the Astros. You know, all these guys have had not only reached the highest level, they've become all-stars, they've become very good players, and, and maybe in some respects they've proven that there's so much more than just that checklist that you're paying attention to and how important that is for what you do. Oh, without a doubt. I can tell you right now, all three of those players, they play the game with a chip on their shoulder because they were told growing up that uh, they're too small, they can't do it, they can't do it. In Sonny Gray's case, I had known Sonny Gray since he was a 10th grader in high school. And we scouted him, and he played for our summer team. And it's just the, the caliber of heart that that guy has. It's amazing, like I've seen with no other. I mean, that guy just grinded and grinded. And I'm sure, I don't know Pedroia, but I'm sure it was the same way with him. And Bregman, he, he, he'll be public in saying that he gets number two because he was the second pick in the draft, and he wants to show everybody that, you know, everybody made a mistake. He should have been number one. Um, but just the drive and the heart, and those guys, those guys checked all the talent boxes off, but the big one that they check off is makeup. And makeup in our game is a, is a huge deal. You know, we want to see what that guy's reaction is going to be when it doesn't go his way. And the heart and the grind and, and how hard they play the game. And they play the game the right way, and that's the way it is. One guy that captured the attention of A's fans from the moment he stepped on the field and he continued with the A's and beyond with the Yankees and others. And now he's, he's on the dark side. He's doing broadcasting <laughs> for Fox. And I'm talking about Nick Swisher, who was a part of the top 50 selection uh, last year, as was Sonny Gray. But we see Nick Swisher as the player and continuing that that effusive personality you watched him at Ohio State what was that player like and watching the son of a you know of a, of a big leaguer and, and his dad the catcher Steve Swisher and, and trying to put all those things together well the one year I had West Virginia I watched him actually in, in high school too at Parkersburg High School but Nick Swisher is the same today as he was in in 2002 I mean he is flamboyant energetic always wanting to be the best at everything. And, you know, sometimes that rub guys the wrong way, but you know what? I'll take that guy every time and the guy's not going to be boisterous or he's going to um, not want to do the right things. That guy was fun to watch. He always gave everything he had. He knew he was the best player on the field, and he was the best player on the field for a lot of years. Um, just the way he went about himself, guys could rub guys the wrong way, but – that guy was a good player, and he was fun to watch at Ohio State. He could play anywhere. He would have been a gold glove first baseman, in my opinion. I wrote that in a report. Um, he played center field at Ohio State because their guy got hurt. And he said, hey, I'll do it. You ever played center field before? No, but I'm better than that guy. You know, So there was an arrogance about him, but 
you know, there was a persona that he let off that he was going to be the best he could be. How much has it changed over the years for you and your job? And we're visiting with Rich Sparks, who's one of the ace scouts, from, you know, writing your reports. You know, I still, with the work that I do every day, I have to write stuff down. And I have to use different colors. It's like my Linus blanket. It keeps me... Uh, in, in the right state and yet I also understand that I've got to work stuff on the computer and I've got to look at different analytics and different sites that provide some of that information and I use that you know depending on what's happening in that broadcast from when you first started filling out the cards to where you are today all the different tools that you have at your avail how do you put all that together well when we first started all those years ago it was write your reports on a triplicate paper and mail them to the, your scouting director in the mail um, Obviously, we have computers now and things like that. I am still that guy. I don't bring an iPad to the game. I bring my book. <coughs> Excuse me. I bring my book. I write everything down. I write everything on a card, and I have a player's card. Uh, take, for instance, you know, Sean Murphy, when we saw Murph in, in college. I would have a different color pen to, to just to note which days were which days, and, you know, we do it that way. Uh, a lot of guys will take iPads to the game. I, I don't. I'm not that comfortable with stuff like that. I like to write things down. I like to see what I'm writing. And after the game, I'll go back and write a report on the computer. So it's evolved in all that stuff. Um, I still like the old school kind of stuff, too. Everybody still keeps a stopwatch in their hand. Um, but the, the whole thing with the, the my book is what I, I don't leave home without it. Can you explain the 2080 scale and, and what that means, whether it's on the pitching side or, or hitting or defense, and how you arrive at the numbers you do and, and what those numbers do mean? Well, a 20 to 80 scale is 20 to 80. It's if we, as the Oakland A's, we don't use the 20 to 80 scale. We use 2 to 8. Um, so 5 being major league average, um, 8 being all-star, 2 being non-prospect. Um, average fastball and a in a college game will be 89 to 92. Um, so you would put a five on that. So it, all the, the, the tools, the hit, run, throw, hit for power, and uh, defense, you know, you'll grade those on a position player. And then at the end, you kind of, you know, do the math and divide by five, and you'll come up with an OFP, which is an overall future, future potential on this player. Um, so that's the way we do it, and we'll, we'll – you know, if it comes out to be a 50, you think that player is going to be an average major league player. Well, you know what? That's a pretty good player, you know. Um, pitching the same thing. You, you grade the curveball, fastball, changeup, command, um, things like that, and come up with your answer there. So there's a number. It's not a hard number because, you know, different things come into play. This guy might have uh, – he might throw 100, but he might have uh, – curveball that's not a very good pitch that brings the OFP down a little bit so um, there's certain things that we do with the numbers that we you know try to get the guys in the right spot basically the modern game and the modern player has has learned and been coached or certainly paid attention to exit velocity launch angles spin rates these are things that these young players have basically had their entire amateur career and in, in going into, into pro baseball where some of the guys that have been around longer had, you know, preceded that conversation. And there's so much velocity now in Major League Baseball and so many changes where a Major League player will see four at-bats, maybe against three different pitchers. And mm -hmm. those, those last few pitchers are really bringing it to the plate. So the point is that these young players have grown up with velocity. They've grown up with launch angle and certain 
swing types. How does that come into play? How much have you seen that change from the early days of scouting and, and evaluating to what you're seeing now? Well, up until like five, six years ago, we never even heard of launch angle. That was just called loft, mm -hmm. you know, loft to the swing. Um, spin rate is deception for us uh, back in the day. So, yeah, it has evolved in all this stuff and all the computers and the, uh, the formats that these teams, all of us use. Um, we use those as tools. I mean, it's not an end-all, be-all, but uh, you certainly have to use those in your scouting terms and your evaluations and stuff just to, to make note of them. It's like statistics. Um, so it is a, it has certainly evolved in the last five, six, seven years for sure. When you've got a player that you've watched and the organization picks them number two overall, it's a feather in your cap. And we mentioned the other first-rounders with Joe Blanton out of the University of Kentucky and, and Nick Swisher, and you talked about Sean Murphy, who was a third-round pick out of Wright State. What's that feeling like for the scout when it comes to fruition, when the player is selected, contract is signed, and you are part of that process? And not, I'm, I'm, certainly there's a lot of excitement about those guys, but you have signed so many other players that have been in so many other different rounds that have had the opportunity to see what they could do in professional baseball. What are those days like when you get a chance to tell that person Hey, congratulations, the A's have selected you. It's Christmas for us. It's Christmas for the scouts. I mean, draft day is Christmas day for us. Um, all the hard work and all the miles and all the phone calls and all the stuff that we miss with our own kids, um, that's the day that we love. Um, you know, when you call Mark Mulder and say, we just selected you with the second pick, congratulations, I'm excited, I hope you are. Um, it's the same thing with a guy like Mike Lockwood out of Ohio State in the 23rd round. We're excited to call these guys because if we didn't like these guys as players, we didn't think that they had some value to the Oakland A's, then we wouldn't have selected them. We wouldn't have wrote, wrote a report on them. So every guy's different, but it's kind of the same because when you have a conversation with these young men on the phone, hey, we've selected you in the Major League Draft, it's a dream come true for them, and that makes us excited too because it's, yeah, some of them make it to the big leagues, some of them don't, but it's an exciting day for everybody. Who, if you're a scout and you don't like to sign players, you're in the wrong business. I love players. I love signing players, and I, I like seeing the kid's face when I see them in the minor leagues and, or the parents when they see me for the next time that after their son got drafted and, and thanks to the organization and everything, and we just love it. It's, it's fantastic for us. Can you give us a little peek behind the curtain because there's Rich Sparks and there's a bunch of Rich, Spark, Rich Sparks inside the A's organization, mm -hmm. different parts of the country, and you're getting ready for the draft and Eric Kubota and his staff have got the board set up and it's set up, you know, um, just for the sake of argument, let's say one through 500 of all the mm -hmm. players that are ranked in certain categories. And as the days go on, and again, I'm not asking for all the secret sauce, but what's it like when... It comes to a conversation, and this scout talks about his player, that scout talks about his player, and you talk about your player and try to give some of the, the intangibles or the things that come mm -hmm. off the page that, that maybe helps that particular player because you saw him and you believed in this player at some level to play professional baseball. Well, when we go out to the draft, and we're one of, one of maybe two or three organizations that bring all the scouts out for the draft. We're all there five days before the draft and then three days of the draft. Um, so we'll have a presentation of our players, and Eric uh, Kubota will, uh, they'll put 15 names up on the board, and you know three of them might be mine, and they'll, we'll do a presentation in front of everybody. 
and and then we'll be done with that presentation and Eric may say something like hey did you see Sparks' guy um, you know we got reports on from you guys and uh, so you give your presentation so it's it's a collective uh, process there um, to pick out the best guy we can this guy might be better than that guy or my guy be, might not be as good as you know Neil Avent's guy um, so it's a, it's a process as far as all the supervisors scouting directors special assistant guys we all put that together and then we hash it out from there it's it's fun too so you go back to when you were a roommate with Billy Bean and now he is you know at the top of the of the chain and ultimately with Eric and David making those final decisions on players that are drafted and your player comes up uh, what's that conversation like because you've known the guy for you know 30 years yeah. and you've had conversations slash heated conversations I'm sure about different players and whatnot what's that been like for you it's funny too because you know as long as I've known Billy you know you still he's Billy Bean you can there's an intimidation factor there um, so, you know, when he comes to me and asks me about a player, I just give him what I have. I mean, it's when we're talking about players, it's, it's pure professionalism. You know, we'll, we'll talk about our kids and everything after baseball's over with, after what we're done talking about is, is over with. So, um, yeah, it's, it's still a little nerve wracking. I mean, the big bosses are there because they're big, you know, they're good at what they do and they're, they're really, um, you know, they like to pick your brain, you know, and David, David's great. Um, he is as passionate about it as anybody as well. And Eric's the same way. I mean, those guys, you know, when they ask you about a player, you give them your best answer. And hopefully it's the right one. Winding down our conversation this episode of A Season on the Road with A's area scout Rich Sparks. It's easy to talk about the first round guys or a guy like Sean Murphy, who's you know, on the rise, and he will be in the big leagues, and fortunately in a short amount of time, as long as he can maintain health. What are some of the other stories over the years that really bring a smile to your face about a guy that either you fought for or was a late-round pick and found his way or, or maybe even didn't find his way or stayed in the game or just something you liked about that person, whether he got to the big leagues or not? But, man, I really enjoyed following that particular player. Uh, there's a couple of them come to mind. Actually, they're both from Ohio State. Uh, Mike Madsen was a really, he was a late round pick. I had him, uh, he was a senior, but I had turned him in uh, as, a, as a prospect, as a junior as well. And, um, you know, we didn't take him until he was a senior. And then, you know, he grew on everybody in the organization. He ended up being on the Futures roster. Um, so it was really exciting. I was, you know, I mean, he was 25th round draft pick. Um, you know, didn't sign for any signing bonus or anything. He just wanted to play. Um, aside from being injured, after the Futures game, he would have made it to the big leagues. And, and the same goes with Mike Lockwood. He was a 23rd, 24th round pick out of uh, Ohio State. And, you know, Bob Guerin was his manager. Uh, and he said, I said, how's Lock doing? And he said, well, that guy's going to play in the big leagues. And he's going to play in the big leagues for a long time. And, you know, unfortunately for Mike, he, he didn't make it to the big leagues. And, uh, but it was a good story because he never left the cage. He was always – you know, you sign these guys, if they make it to the big leagues, great. If they don't make it to the big leagues and they've um, made your organization look good as far as, you know, having great makeup, um, being team players, things like that, those are exciting things too because everybody, you know, there's 700 guys out there and there's 500 and some get drafted every year. 
and they're not all going to make it. But if they're quality citizens and they, they do right by the organization, it's great. The one thing, um, the one story, it's, it's, it's a good story. Um, May 9th, 1998, um, I remember that because my daughter was born 21 years ago. Um, Mark Mulder pitched against Ohio State. And Grady was there, Grady Fuson. He was at the game. And uh, I obviously couldn't go because my daughter was born. Grady witnessed a no-hitter. Well, it was a no-hitter against Mark Mulder's team, and it was by Eric Thompson, the pitcher for Ohio State. Well, that year, 1998, I got both those pitchers. You know, maybe that doesn't happen if Grady's not there and this kid throws a no-hitter. But Eric Thompson played in AAA, too, so that was a good story as well. So that's the, those are the fun stories. It was so great catching up with you and spending time with you. I always enjoy coming to Detroit to see you. So as I say goodbye to you and you're going to get in the car and you're going to put some miles on again, what – what keeps you doing this? What, what keeps the smile on your face and the belief that, man, I get up out of bed every day and this really brings me joy? Well, what keeps me going, Vinny, is I've been with the A's 25, 26 years, and I don't consider uh, – I don't, I don't think I've worked a day in my life. The love of the game is what keeps me going. And when I start knowing everything and when I start having everything figured out, it's going to be the day that I quit the game because I learn every day. I learned from young guys. I, I learned from veteran scouts. Guys consider me a veteran scout now. They, you know, I help teach guys, mentor guys too. And that's what, that's what it's all about for me. Love of the game and helping the young kids, you know, learn and other scouts, you know, other scouts from different organizations, they, they approach me, you know, hey, what do you got on this? What do you got on that? And I try to help as much as I can and the love of the game. Is the game in a good place? Are you seeing athletes that you know are going to continue to be exciting players, the Mike Trouts, the Mookie Betts, the Matt Chapmans, and Nolan Arenados, and, and on and on? Are those guys choosing baseball that you're, you're seeing things and you go, man, keep this guy in this sport and it's going to be great for a long time? Yeah, I think that, you know, I think the game's in a great place. Um, you know, the athletes that are coming – these stars that are, like you just mentioned, Trout and Chapman and all these other guys, these stars are um, they're making the game great. And it's, it's always has been great, but I think it's a great time to be a baseball player. I think it's a great time to be a baseball fan. It's exciting. You know, there's, there's a lot of good things going on with a lot, of, a lot of clubs this year. Great time. A season on the road with Rich Sparks, one of the A's super scouts. We'll see him around draft day coming up in a few weeks. Stay tuned. Next time for another edition of Season on the Road, this is Vince Catronio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.